welcome. Welcome to the Grow People podcast. That is Pastor Jason. He's back and he's wearing a very cool sweatshirt. <laughs> uh, my name is David Stein, campus Too pastor cool. at our Canton location. The purpose of the Grow People podcast is to help grow, grow people. people. And oh, you I think we clipped it. Then. You haven't said that in a while. No, I would like to apologize to all of our podcast listeners. Litners. Lit Litners. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard it both I've ways. Both ways. <laughs> Listeners. We missed our last podcast. We actually had uh, a humdinger one planned. Yes, we did. As well. Yeah. But that week, I think that was the week I actually got, we were, were supposed to record on Wednesday and I got the flu on Tuesday. Right. So yeah, I knew. Yeah. I could have I could have come in and recorded if it was just my hip because I could have sat here. Mm -hmm. But getting the flu, I was like, no, I, I'm can't spread that around. So. We we will save that humdinger of a podcast. Yes, uh, for next time. We will for next time. I, I don't think it ever goes out of vogue. No, it doesn't. No, and especially this year being a uh, election year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm already seeing a lot of commercials about it. Right. We're not going to get political. We will get biblical. Biblical. Yeah, that's right. So, how's your January going? Man, <laughs> <laughs> January has been another humdinger. Um, I'm trying to think of another <laughs> adjective. Is humdinger an adjective? Is that what you would say? I, like, I think it can be used in so many ways. It's probably a noun. But um, yeah, I was trying to think of an adjective to describe that. Um, it has been it has been a wild one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've said this obviously from stage and videos, but it's been the roughest start to a year. I, I mean, I would say in my life, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, that's I don't, I don't know if that's true, but it definitely feels like it. Um, because like I said, I injured my back, which again, that wasn't a big thing. And, and even now people keep asking me how my back is. My back is fine. Right. But when I did that, it jacked up my hip. And then that is what caused me all the pain because I was able to preach the first weekend of the year and I had already injured my back. You know, I was seven or eight days into it at that point. But then that next week it messed up my hip and caused a hip impingement. And that was some of the worst pain I've had in my entire life. Cause it was bone it was bone on bone crime. Like it mm -hmm. was mm. my femur was locked in and, and then it messed up. Like I've had a, still dealing with a lot of nerve pain. Um, but just when I started to try to feel, you know, felt like I was getting better, then got the flu. Then, and, then the Cowboys lost. Yeah. We're not even talking about that, David. Come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was just misery. I mean, that's typical, but but even the flu, like I don't normally get sick that often, but like this was worse than having COVID when mm -hmm. I had it. Yeah. I mean, cause I had the shakes and the body aches and the chills never really had much of a fever, but then I lost my taste, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it was, it was a rough three days. And then through all that found out that my blood pressure was really high. I actually gone to an urgent care place before I really knew what was going on with my hip just because I need, I needed something like I was hoping to get like a cortisone shot, mm -hmm. you know, just to relieve the pain. And I went to go get that. And they were like, no, your blood pressure is too high. We can't give you that. Cause it'll mess up your blood pressure. <laughs> like what the heck, <laughs> you know? Um, and then they gave me some anti-inflammatories, which also raises your blood pressure. I didn't know. Um, so then I'm taking that. Right. And now trying to check my blood pressure every day and deal with being sick with the flu um, so it just like the hip hits just kept coming, you know, and my, both of my kids had gotten sick. Lindsay had gotten sick. And so this has been going on 
since the last week of December, you know, as far as sickness and pain and everything else. And, um, then had to go to the emergency room, which, you know, no one likes going to the emergency room and, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid to go to the doctor. I don't mind, Mm -hmm. but I'm always like, you know, if I injured some, I don't have to go to the emergency room. Like it's not that big of an emergency, but when it's your heart. Yeah. So thankfully, obviously with that, they got me in quick mm-hmm. and there's, I mean, Northside hospital, I mean, I don't know. Everybody has different experiences with it, but all the nurses were great. Mm-hmm. So many of them go to our church. Um, and so they were helping take care of us. Even like you and Leanna came up there and you're supposed to have, like one person in the room, like, no, y'all come on come back, on back. You know, <laughs> getting his chairs to sit down. And so they were fantastic. And then saw something in my EKG and they were like, you got to follow up with the cardiologist. And so then I'm like, oh my gosh, now like my, I'm really anxious, you know, like, which isn't helping my blood pressure. And sure. But again, by God's grace was able to actually get into a cardiologist within three days. And then they did tests that same some several tests that same day and then another one uh last friday so i had an echocardiogram a renal uh, stenosis which is the vein or the artery going to your kidneys checking that out and then i had nuclear stress tests but the funny thing about that like you know that's normally done on a treadmill i have had that done yeah yes i did it back in 2018 just as like a part of a executive physical thing that i did so i knew what that was like but then I told the doctor, I'm like, doc, I can't run. Like, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I, I can't even walk right now. My hip. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's where it just started like compounding. And so he's like, that's fine. We can do it with medicine. But I will say, and I don't know if I've told you this, but the, the one that they do with medicine mm-hmm. was the weirdest feeling in probably my entire life. Yeah. You, you texted, you thought you were going to die. Oh, cause you know, they hook you up to an IV And first they inject radiation in you, you know, so they can take pictures. And so that's a little trippy, you Mm -hmm. know, and, but because normally we're supposed to stay away from that. (laughs) Exactly. And so they, I mean, it was kind of a, it's a weird thing because you go in, you know, they hook you up to the IV and then they inject you with radiation. Well, then you have to sit there for an hour for it to circulate through your body. So I'm just watching TV, drinking water, you know, just chilling. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this isn't bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, little did I know, you know? So then they go in and take pictures, and then I go and lay on a bed, and then they have to inject me with radiation again, and then they give me this other stuff. And he tells me, this is going to open up every blood vessel in your body. Um, like, open it up to where basically blood is like freely flowing through your whole body. Well, what that does as he, and I was telling a doctor friend of mine, he's like, Oh, that's what they said. I'm like, it, it takes your heart off prime. Oh, <laughs> um, like your heart is beating and okay. it's good. That's prime. Uh-huh. Um, what takes it off prime? Cause basically when every blood vessel in your body opens up, your heart's like, Holy moly. Yeah. I got to now pump way more blood. Okay. You know? Wow. Um, cause it's all opened up, you know? And so just imagine like, you know, if it's a constriction, it's opened up, but your heart's trying to fill. So it's got to pump a lot more volume, you know? And so they tell you that, like, you're going to, you probably feel some chest discomfort, you know, like just take deep breaths and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Well, they hit me with that. And I mean, within seconds, you Mm -hmm. know, within seconds, 
my entire body like it feels flushed. The only way I can describe it is that feeling when you get when someone knocks your breath out mm-hmm. and you have that panic. Yep. Like I can't breathe and I can't do anything to breathe. That's how it felt, but weirder. Mm. Um, like, I mean, it felt like a heart attack. I mean, that's all. And again, I've never had one, but it's the only way I can describe it. And I, I mean, I had to like really focus. I felt like I needed to pass out, you know, and, but I had to take deep breaths. And even the tech, he was like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, like <laughs> this is, it was the weirdest feeling I've ever felt in my life. Wow. Um, and they do that again to open it all up to see the blood flow and stuff. Like, I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm trying to describe it. And so then I had to lay there for another 30 minutes while they're running all these tests, mm-hmm. you know. And then he's like, all right, you're done. He's like, but don't get up fast. <laughs> don't worry doc <laughs> um and you can't take any caffeine prior to this for 12 mm-hmm. hours because that speeds up your heart which i'm fasting from coffee mm-hmm. you know amongst a lot of other things so i'm like i'm good on that and i hadn't been really eating hardly anything and i had told him i was fasting and because they want you to eat a snack after that and drink co- like drink coke mm-hmm. after this test which I don't, <laughs> I don't know why but i told him i was fasting he's like well we don't have anything that fits your fast and you're not drinking, you know, coffee so he's like, or caffeine. So I can get you water. I'm like, give me water and some crackers. <laughs> like some, yeah. I got to have something. Yes. Dude. Like I'm so, you know, I had to not cheat, but you know, I think uh, I think that would have been a moment where you yeah. would there would have been a lot of grace for a Coke and a pack of Toasties. Yes. No. Well, and I mean, I will say during that 30 minutes laying there, I was praying a lot. I was feasting on the Lord a lot <laughs> um, because it's just freaky. I mean, it's just the weirdest, weirdest feeling. And which, again, I've never felt before because I could normally do the treadmill. But anyway, thankfully got that done. They took more pictures and stuff. And then I had my follow-up this week. <clears throat> and all the picture, all the scans were good. As far as they're mostly checking for blockage. And and he said that all those scans check for a major blockage. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any major. He said if there's something minor in there, it wouldn't they couldn't mm-hmm. see that. He said, but even if it was minor, they wouldn't do stents or something. Right. You know, it's only if it's major. And then I had a little bit of thickening in the wall of my heart, which could be hereditary, you know, because my grandfather had that, but he said also could be caused because of the high blood pressure because mm-hmm. my body, my heart was having to work harder. Mm. And just like any muscle, you know, when you work it out, it gets bigger, but you don't want that with your heart, you know? So the prayer request now is, and I'm on medication to get my blood pressure down, which I haven't historically had mm-hmm. high blood pressure. Right. Um, but because of my injury and then I injured my knee last year, I haven't been working out, you know, and when you're not working out, you're not eating as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously clearly now I've got to lose weight because again, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm, I haven't felt like I'm unhealthy. Like mm-hmm. I still work and do stuff and, you know, active. I haven't felt really limited by anything. And, th- I, and I know I'm a big dude, but I didn't feel like I'm mm-hmm. like this massively overweight person. But again, you know how it is. Like, they're still healthy. Sure. You know, and so I definitely have to work, which is good. Again, I think that's a good goal and I have motivation to do mm-hmm. that. And if we can get my blood pressure down, he put me, he's going to put me on a different medication just to get it down even more. Uh, Cause it's still 
borderline even with being on meds. Um, and he said that thickness could reverse back over time as my heart's not having to work as hard. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Um, so anyway, I mean, the good thing is all this craziness of my back, my hip, nerve pain, the flu, you know, led me to figuring this out. Yeah. You know, so I can be grateful for that. Um, so my goal now, obviously be healthier. And that's one thing too, like, and even my doctor who's been working on my hip, he's a believer and knows I'm fasting. He's like, how are you fasting? And I told him, I was like, you know, basically fruits and vegetables, you know, I'm not eating meat. And, and he goes, well, it'd be great if you could eat some fish or some. <laughs> oh, yes, it would. Doc. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, no, it would. <laughs> and some protein. He's like, cause that's going to speed up your healing. And I normally take mm -hmm. like omega threes and stuff. And so, but I hadn't been. So we bought those. I've been eating a little bit of fish again and fats like avocados, trying to get mm -hmm. that, uh, which, cause it helps my joint mm -hmm. and helps my heart. Um, so again, I feel like now I know what's going on. I have a plan and God has been so gracious to provide people, even like the, the doctor I've been seeing for my back and hip is a guy that goes to our church. That I didn't even know. Yeah. And I gotten to know him and great clinic and a lot of believers there. And then again, going to the ER and a lot of our church members there um, and then getting into the doctors. I mean, God has just been gracious through all of it to let us know that he's there. He's with us. Um, I was able to preach last weekend, which was fantastic. I just had to have a stool, which thank you for. I, I brought a stool sample. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> thanks for bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It was literally the only time in in probably everybody's life that anybody could literally call it a stool sample because yeah. <laughs> we were in a, we were in a creative meeting and, and the, and it was like, Hey, does anybody have a stool we could use? Do we need to order a stool? I said, well, uh, we have a couple of different stools at home. I, I can bring one in and see if, and it just like, that's a sample. Yeah. So <laughs> you can sample it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so David brought a stool sample and, and it worked. Yeah. yeah it that did. was, that was the stool that it, I used. It did. And it was, and I know this was not planned, but it was such a fatherly hmm. position that you were in where you were just kind of standing a little bit. Then, then you'd sit yeah. and then you'd, you'd pastor our church yeah. and you'd pastor us and father us. And, and there was this moment where I was like, man, he needs to break out the stool more often. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was, um, I think it was really important that obviously the church sees you, Yeah, but also it's such a critical point in our church to yeah, have a message yeah. like that. Yeah. That's the toughest. That was the toughest thing of this. And again, Chad and you did a great job. Um, and we want to develop other teachers, you know? And so I think that's fantastic. And even our student guys and others, like we have, you know, people that teach in different gatherings and stuff. So that's a value we have to multiply just like, everything else, mm -hmm. multiply teachers. And so we try to be very strategic about that. Like not just, Oh, pastor Jason can't do it. So someone's filling in. So mm -hmm. we like having other teachers, but yes, to your point, the beginning of the year abide is a big thing. It's church wide kids, students, and adults. Like it's a, it's a all hands on deck kind of time. And so obviously during that time, it is strategic for me to be here and to speak and, and lead that. And this year, I was probably the most excited 
I've been in a long time. You, you were about teaching it because you know we've done abide now for a minute. We've done mm-hmm. it for a while, and you know it, sometimes it's like Christmas and Easter. You're like, I've already talked about that, you mm-hmm. know. But the whole vine and trellis concept, I was super excited about that. We were mm-hmm. going to talk a lot more about that, and so I was really bummed. And again, I mean, you and Chad did great, but I was kind of grieving, like I couldn't talk about what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And you were grieving not being with God's people. Yes. Yes. And so I was just super excited about that thematically. So next year, don't be surprised if we can take that out again <laughs> and, uh, and, and hopefully build that. Cause I wanted to get into mm-hmm. that. I wanted to get into developing a rule of life mm-hmm. and those kind of things yep. and, and having rhythms and, because I do think that's kind of the next iteration for people in our church is not just to, in fact, we were talking about this in my small group on Monday, not just fast only during this time, mm-hmm. but develop a rhythm of these disciplines mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. Um, and that's why we do it. Um, but again, you know, the Lord knew all that and you know, there's a reason for it. Even a guy in our church, and I told him I'd give him credit for a friend of mine named Kevin, um, they started coming to church here back in 2020 when we did the Welcome to the Wrestle series. And right. I was talking about Jacob and God mm-hmm. injuring his hip. Mm-hmm. And he texted me. He's like, well, you know, there's another time in the Bible where God injured a guy's hip. You know? <laughs> um, I was like, you know what? I haven't even thought about that wow. yet. Um, so again, I can see that in my own life about it's been a wrestle, you know, and I didn't, I haven't physically wrestled with God like Jacob did. But even in that, in this injury, God is good and, and the wrestle is necessary. And Mm -hmm. I have to learn to welcome that Mm -hmm. in my own life and learn from it. So I I do want to get into that a little bit. The, the season of abide, mm -hmm. the growth of our church, Mm -hmm. which has been dramatic. Yeah. Christmas, the largest gathering of a holiday we've ever had. Yeah more people than Easter. Yeah. The record numbers of people that came in January Mm -hmm. overflow on a Sunday, which has never happened. Yeah. You're down. Just on a regular. Yeah. Yeah. You're down for the count. Yeah. Uh, Not the first time during a buy that you've gotten sick. No, no. (laughs) And so have you, have you wrestled to, to use your word? Have you wrestled with the spiritual component of that? Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like one of our, Jim, one of our guys in Jasper, um, who I've known for a long time and even before he was a part of our church, he texted me about three weeks into this, you know, and he goes, next January, we're putting you in a bubble (laughs) 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 because, you know, this, this is two years in a row now Mm -hmm. where I've gotten sick. And again, I don't normally get sick. Um, And so, yeah, you start to look at it from that perspective, you know, and, and we'll get into this in Ephesians six, when we talk about spiritual warfare, you know, I'm not the guy that thinks that every bad thing that happens in my life is because of the devil. Mm -hmm. You know, if I had a flat tire, sometimes it's just a flat tire, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, I am a guy that believes that God is sovereignly over everything. Yes. And, and even though he doesn't cause evil, um, everything goes through his hands. And so there's nothing that's happening to me that's outside of his control. So if it's happening to some degree, and I don't even like this word per se, like he allowed it, 
Because then we ask the question, well, why didn't he stop it? Mm -hmm. You know, and I get that when bad things happen. Uh, That's a fair question. But my natural instinct isn't to think that God is somehow punishing me. Mm -hmm. And it's not to think that that Satan's just attacking me. That's not kind of where I go in my mind at first. But um, I do, I think it is good to ask, okay, but God, what are you trying to show me? Sure in this Mm -hmm. and clearly this didn't catch you by surprise no clearly you want to use this in my life you know romans 8 he wants to use it for his glory and my good um even though in in and of itself it's not good Mm -hmm. um so in my own mind i again i think it helps me i I don't get I, I, i try not to get too worked up about it from an anxious perspective because life just happens you know, these things happen. Um, but when it starts to like, for example, if I had just injured my back, I'd be like, well, it's cause I didn't use my legs properly. Like that's just a mistake. It happens. Mm-hmm. But then it starts to tweak my hip to the point where I can't stand. And then I can't preach. Um, then you start, well, okay, is there more to this? Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> sorry, I still have a lingering cough. And then when it keeps going and then I get the flu um, so I can't stand <laughs> or barely exist. Um, and then I'm going to the ER, you know, when things start to kind of progress like that, and, and you do naturally start asking more questions like mm-hmm. God, again, I don't ever want to blame God or feel like he is somehow abandoning me. Cause I just described how he hasn't He's right. been with me, but I do think clearly God allows us to go through these things sometimes because there's something we need to learn. Um, and there is a spiritual component, you know, that the devil, um, uses to discourage, Mm -hmm. um, to make us anxious, you know? So there, there was definitely moments. I mean, there was definitely moments when I was praying, Lord, like you've got to take this pain from me. Like once I knew it was a hip impingement and they fixed, like the doctor told me, he was like, we got one or two options. I can, I can fix this right now. But for the next 48 hours, you're going to hate me Mm -hmm. and you're going to be in so much pain. But that's the quickest way because I basically have to re-injure this to fix it. It's like a doctor breaking your bone to reset it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Or we can take the slower route where we can kind of massage it and, you know, like literally and slowly fix it. And I'm like, doc, I don't have time Mm -hmm. for that. He's like, well, I would recommend the first route. He's like, but just remember, you know, what I told you. And my, that was on a Friday morning. So I want to give a warning uh, in case you're uh, yeah, faint. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're prone to fainting, yeah. these next 30 seconds are going to be a little tough. Yeah. And I promise I won't cuss on here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when he, when he basically had to pull that out, you know, like literally. So gra- pull, grab his leg. Yeah. Grab my leg. And they're holding me down and like pull that hip impingement out because basically it's the femur was jammed up too high mm-hmm. into my hip joint. And so they pull that out and there's a loud pop. And, and it's funny, like the moment they did it, it that didn't hurt like that moment, although it, it was weird because there was kind of an instant yeah. relief. When, when you say loud, you, you've shared that before this loud pop. Yeah. Can you describe that pop? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, the sound, like when you pop a knuckle, like, Oh, okay. Other, other people can hear that. Yes. Like it's not just you right. hearing it. Uh-huh. 
But that's a, you know, like your knuckles, a pretty small joint. Yeah. So just imagine that louder okay. and deeper. Okay. Um, so Jackson was in my son, cause my son mm-hmm. didn't drive me. He was in the room. He heard it. Okay. So I, know, I didn't know if it was like a balloon popping or, but, but no, a, a knuckle cracking. That makes sense. Yeah. But just like it was deeper and louder, you know, mm-hmm. not quite as loud as a balloon mm-hmm. popping, you know, but it was like, holy, you know, um, but then that night, that was a Friday morning. So Friday night, Saturday night, worst pain in my entire life. I couldn't sleep. There was no position I could get into. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I could at least sit down or get find a position to where I wasn't hurting. But this, no. And I, I was, you know, taking every pain pill that you could think of or anti-inflammatory, nothing. You know, and he told me, he was like, none of that's going to work mm. because this is your bone. And so that night I woke up. Friday night, I woke up like two in the morning and I was so restless in bed, couldn't sleep. And so I had to go downstairs and I was in bed or I was in my chair just crying and praying like, Lord, take this from me, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, again, not to compare to Jesus and what he did with dealt with in the garden, but just that complete desperation, you know, um, of crying out to God. And that's when I, I think in my mind, I realized, or I felt like the spirit like that's the first time in a while I was that desperate, you know, for God. Mm-hmm. Um, but forgot to do something, you know, and that's when I realized, well, this whole part about abiding is like, I need to be that desperate for him, mm. you know, on the regular. Um, so it was in that moment, that morning at, you know, two, three in the morning where I started to feel like, all right, Lord. There's more to this, you know, than I realize this is more than just my back and hip. You know, this is more, and this was even pre getting the flu. Um, and so, cause, and we'll talk more about this, you know, this August is our 20 year anniversary as a church. And we've got, um, a lot of things we've been praying about and planning, you know, kind of thinking about the next 20 years. So I do feel like, <clears throat> I don't think it's a coincidence now that, um, here we are at the beginning of the year and thinking about plans and future that God was reminding me, yeah, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, that is excellent. Cause that was one of the questions I wanted to ask, you know, what we're, we're in abide and, and I know you are fasting, but you've had these trials, mm-hmm. um, at times insurmountable. Yeah. Uh, what has God been saying? Is that it? Yeah, I yeah. think I think that is, and even and, and, and it's like what I preached on this last weekend, you know. Because uh, as I shared, Lindsay and I've been doing this Bible reading plan, <clears throat> and I don't always like those. One, because I don't like the year long ones, because I feel like uh, I, I can never do them. You know, then I it becomes about doing something, and then you're like, you feel like it, a failure. It, it's the box checking that I yes, talked about. Yes, and so, but Lindsay and I <clears throat> decided it was funny. I we were talking about this season. I was like, Hey, do you want to do a Bible reading plan with me? And Lindsay's like, that's the sexiest thing you've ever said. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, how you doing? Like, who knew? Man. So guys out there, ask your wife to do a Bible reading plan with you. Uh, so we did it on the Bible app and you can like, like she sent an invitation. So now we can see each other's progress, make notes. She can see what, I, so it's really cool. Like it's a really cool mm-hmm. Which the cool part about that before all this stuff is coming off of my sabbatical last year that we talked about on here, you know, the biggest realization then was 
I live by this mantra of I don't need you, mm-hmm. which has been a huge revelation for me, right. you know, and, and it has started to change my marriage and, and just my life. And it's funny, even my, my, the doctor, <clears throat> we were talking last week and he has this written, Lindsay, it laughs at me because he has it written up on his window and I was explaining to her and I was acting like the window was actually here. And I was saying, so his four keys to health, he, and again, this is what he does. And he's a strong believer, but his number one key to health is relationships. Mm. Number one. And he's like, that is the one that is over everything. He's like, I don't care what else you do. Diet, exercise, sleep, like relationships is number one. And he was like, obviously, first and foremost, relationship with God and relationships with others. He was like, that is the key to happiness, to health, everything you want in life. And he was like, obviously, I don't have to tell you that. You, I'm like, oh, preach it, brother. You know. Mm-hmm. But that has been <clears throat> so. And then it was like sleep, exercise, and diet. You know, in that order. Um, so, all that to say, relational. Like I've been on that kind of journey since my sabbatical of like, I need, I can't do this by myself. Well, now I feel like that lesson is being going deeper in the same way with God, my relationships. Um, just like I talked about at church, like, like the whole idea of rules in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, like Lindsay and I have rules in our relationship rhythms in our relationship that help enable the relationship but we don't think about that when it comes to God. We, we separate the rules in the relationship. We yeah. just see God's commands and rules right. as something he wants us to do. And, you know, relationships aren't about rules. And again, like we kind of create this false dichotomy. Um, but as I said, rules actually enable the relationship, you know, the structures that enable the vine, you know, the branch and the vine to grow. So, yeah, that's what I feel like God has been saying in my life in this time is Jason, the reason why the, you have need these spirits, like the reason why you're, like I said, to conform my actions, you know, the reason why you do that is because that's what enables you to abide. Mm-hmm. And so clearly I think God, um, disabled me, um, mm-hmm. in, in some, in some spiritually strategic ways in my own life, because I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. Like doing things, right? Like my first instinct is not to pray, and my first instinct is not to connect relationally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like let's do something. Um, but when you can't do anything, you know, so I was completely dependent on the Lord. I was completely dependent on Lindsay. You know, so many people, you know, friends, you others texting, hey, if you need something. Um, well, normally when someone says, hey, if you need anything. My and I don't say this to them because I don't want to be rude. But my first instinct is I'm not going to text you. Mm-hmm. Why would I text you? You know, like I don't need anything, right? You know, and not even from a prideful standpoint. Like I don't mean that pridefully, but that's just my default. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a series years ago, preaching through Galatians, talking about living by design, not by default. Right. You know, so I feel like this year for me, abide has been a redesign you know, again, of like, Jason, you have to abide in me. You have to remain in me. And that whole cloud analogy or picture I think is great is now I'm not going to move until he moves. Um, Amen. And when he moves, I'll move. Mm-hmm. Um, so relationally, and it was funny, we had some friends here from Scotland that are 
a part of the church planning work that we're doing there. Um, and he was even having a conversation with his wife coming to church on Sunday because they're here in town. And so <clears throat> they wanted to come because they live in Scotland half the year, live here half the year. And he said, I just was telling my wife, I just want God to tell me the next steps. Like mm-hmm. I want him to lay it out. I want him to give me, yes. you know, uh, this plan. And he was like, he was like, so thanks for the message, but it's not what I wanted to hear. you know. <laughs> and obviously he was being a little cheeky, mm-hmm. but, but his point was, but I needed to hear that because if God laid it all out for us, then we'd be like, thank you. And we'd take off, mm-hmm. you know, if he's like, we're going here, here and here, then we would leave the cloud. Yep. We'd leave the presence like you talked about. So I think that is the thing that God is saying, Jason, you know, and I think he's saying to our church, obviously as well. It's like I said on Sunday, apart from him, I can do nothing. But if I abide in him, I'll lack nothing. Excellent. So we get to choose our nothings. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. do I want a life where I can't do nothing or do I want a life where I will lack nothing? Right. Um, and again, I think that's why God does these things to remind us of mm-hmm. the necessity of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So in this month, you have been spending time in the presence of God. And and something I said a couple of weeks ago in the sermon, which was when you're spending time with God, mm-hmm. your conversations will be different. Yeah. So this conversation that we've had for the last 33 minutes, obviously there was quite a bit of medical stuff yeah, in, the, yeah. in the beginning, but very little about what you were fasting from. Yeah. All you said was fruits and vegetables. Yeah. That's what, that's what you're eating. And the wonderful pack of crackers that you had. <laughs> were they peanut butter crackers? They were. From the Lance family of snack crackers? I think so. They okay. weren't the uh, orange ones. Okay. Which those typically would, I like the orange those ones would be the to- Those would be the toast cheese. Yes. Yes. No, the orange with peanut butter. Yes, toast cheese. Okay. Yes. Is that what it is? Yes. Um, yeah. I don't like the crackers with cheese. No. But these were the round ones. Yes. Yeah. Those. The, the toasties. They're, yeah. The round. Yeah. There, there's the toasty, and then there's the darker ones. It's the malt. Um, okay. I'm a fan of the malt. Let's not talk too much about this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <they're> still fasting. <laughs> we, uh, as you as you know, yeah. if you get our texts and app notifications, we did a snack drive for Macedonia Elementary School. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just doing liquids uh, for these three weeks, and outside, literally outside of my office, are or boxes, boxes, and boxes stacked to the ceiling of salty, crunchy things. Yes. So, okay. Well, let's go back to. Your conversations, our conversations will be different when we are spending time with God. And I've had so many rich conversations with people in the last couple of weeks of mm-hmm. what God is doing in their lives through this fast. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's okay to be hungry. That that's that's yeah. the, that's the whole point. We're hungering for God in our hunger pains. Yeah. We're saying, God, I want you more than I want this food. I want you more than I want this social media. And the message on Sunday, and I've heard people say this, you know, God sometimes speaks in stereo. Yeah. And the message Sunday reaffirmed something that I have been struggling with. Mm. So when I got saved, and I don't think we ever talked about this on the podcast, 16 years ago, I have called it a hijacking. Yeah. Jesus hijacked my life. And when you're hijacked, the person who is doing the hijacking takes control and takes you in a different direction. Yeah. 
That's and, a good point. Then, and then you are not in control. Mm-mm. You can't get off that bus. You can't get off that train. You can't get off that plane because it's going in a different direction and somebody else is in control now. Yeah. So that's, that's how I lived my last 16 years, whether it was, what about this opportunity? What about this marriage? Yeah. What about it? Just Lord, I'm, I've been hijacked. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to hold my palms up and go where you tell me to go yeah. and, and just say, yes, my yes is on the table would mm. be another way to say it all through my time here at revolution for the last nine yeah. years. You want me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My life was hijacked. So I was always using that analogy. Well, here we are two weeks now from Kenya. Yeah. We're going to Kenya. There's a team going to Kenya. Six years now, you've been saying, hey, let's go to Kenya. Steve Cashier from Serve International, let's go to Kenya. Yeah. It's going to be great. And we were supposed to go in 2020. Yeah. That didn't happen. So well, that, we were supposed to go. We went in 2020. Okay. We were supposed to go in 21. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that did not happen. No. So we get to our first team meeting for this trip to Kenya mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. Yeah. And everybody's sitting around a table over at Serve International, and Steve Cashier says, hey, you know, Let's go around the table and talk about why you think God's leading you to Kenya. Yeah. And everybody had these unreal spiritual answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that they weren't real. Yeah. They, they were just, they were they just, were good. Be- they're beautiful. Yeah. And powerful. And I don't have that. Yeah. And I didn't want to say, well, Pastor Jason wants me to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, I've been wrestling with that. Yeah. So my prayer going into abide was, Lord, tell me what you want from me. Why mm-hmm. am I going to Kenya? Mm-hmm. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to do a liquid fast. I'm going to read Genesis. Yeah. And however far I get, if I only stay in Genesis the whole time, yeah. that's good. I'm going to read it slow. I'm seeing things I've never seen before. Yeah. You know how many times the word number seven is used? A lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and yeah. and so I'm, I'm reading about Noah. I'm reading about Moses. And I'm just kind of going along the fast and doom de doom de doom not not hearing anything yeah sunday and i shared this for 15 seconds in the hosting on sunday mm. that i got here at 7 15 and if you've been to our campuses you know that we have a flagpole yeah and i park directly behind the building we but, don't have one in jasper yet we're getting one okay there's yeah. one yeah. okay so I, I park directly behind the building but off off to i'm in the distance yeah um and all I could see was the flagpole and the sky. Yeah. The sky was gray and the flagpole was gray. And on our flagpole is this big white flag just, yeah. just flapping. And I'm not looking at anything other than, that's really cool. Yeah. I should take a picture, but I'm a terrible photographer. Yeah. <laughs> and for 10 minutes, I'm staring at this flag. And then it hit me. Okay. Well, that's, that's the flag of surrender. Yeah. Okay. I got that. Um, Oh, oh, okay. This, this is what you're saying. Go back to my first love. Yeah. Go back to Jesus hijacked my life, Mm -hmm. took me in a different direction, took control. I can't get off this train. Every time there was an opportunity to do something here, I would say to Leanna, can't get off this train. Yeah. So I'm reading about Noah. I'm reading about Moses. Moses didn't know why I was going up that mountain. No. I even preached on that. It, Moses just goes up there and God says, Hey, hang out for a while. Yeah. Which, which means be still. Yeah. 
and and Noah is building this ark, and there were probably a lot of times he's like, "What?" But, but, but he was, this. but he was obedient. Yeah. And then he said, "Move when God moves." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." He's saying, "I don't need to tell you why you're going." Yeah. I don't need to have have this big revelation of this is how spiritual this trip is going to be. He said, "Go." Yeah. He said, "Be with me. Mm-hmm. Go." I'll let you know why. Yes. The land I will show you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so many people have shared different stories. So when we have our abide nights, if you're listening to this before our abide nights on February 2nd and 3rd, mm-hmm. we're going to have a place out in the lobby where you can share your stories. Yeah. Come give us a video yeah. testimony. Yeah. We want to hear what, what has God been saying to you? Maybe it has been in stereo. Maybe yeah. it has been through uh, the preaching of rules and relationships. Maybe, maybe it's been something completely different. Maybe you've been asking God to answer a particular prayer and he answered it. Yeah. And, and maybe that was a yes and, and maybe it was a no. Yeah. Maybe he's protecting you from something. So I, I think this has been a really cool season, uh, especially going into the 20th anniversary of the church. Yeah. The growth of the church. Mm-hmm. We're we're trying to figure out stuff too. Yeah, that's why we've moved some starting times uh, around. That's why we're, you know, considering all kinds of uh, different options yeah. to make sure that people have a seat, to make sure that they are being discipled, to yeah. make sure that they are cared for. Yeah, and that's the principle. And you said this yesterday when we were talking about it, but you see that all throughout Genesis. Yeah, just do this, but. I'm not going to give you the reason. I'm not going to give you the answer. Mm-hmm. Like Abraham, go to the land. I will show you. Mm-hmm. So, and same with the cloud and the tabernacle, pack it up. Yeah. Where are we going? Well, you'll know when we get there. Oh, all the campers sitting in the congregation, they were like, oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. That, that was a great image of, okay, you get to wherever you're going, you unpack, you put the tent up, the kids are screaming, you know, nothing's, nothing's going up the way it was supposed to. Yeah. And then the cloud moves. It moves. And you got to pack it up again yes. and get back in the family truckster. Exactly. And God didn't say, you know, again, we just, I think we put all these expectations or um, I think we see ourselves, I don't know, I don't mean this even negative, but I think we see ourselves as equal with God, mm-hmm. you know, but it's in those moments where we're reminded we're not part of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't counsel with us. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what God told Job in mm-hmm. all of that, that Job dealt with, dealt with. God said, who are you? Like, you don't, I don't counsel you. Yeah. You know, you're not in the counsel of my will. Where were you when I made all this? Yeah. Where were you when I did all this? You know, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. Um, and God's not being mean and cruel when he says that. He's just, he's just reminding us he doesn't owe us. Like he doesn't owe me an explanation why I went through this, you know, he doesn't owe you a reason why he's telling you to go to Africa. He doesn't owe you any of that. No. Um, and I think we forget that so much because it is relational. But God, again, not, God's not being mean, but God, but by God doing it that way, it forces us to remain relational. Mm-hmm. Because in our minds, we're like, God, I need you to tell me this so then I can decide whether or not I'm going. Mm. And God's like, well, that's mm. not how this works. That is so good. <clears throat> I just told you to go. Um, and and the only thing, and just like he told Moses, just like Jesus said to others, go and I'll be with you. You know, 
well, that's all I need to move. You know, that's the only thing I need to move is move when he moves and know he's going to. Um, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always tried to live my, A, live my life that way and B, lead this church that way. Mm-hmm. Um, even thinking about this 20 year anniversary and, and sometimes it can frustrate even our board sometimes, even some staff sometimes. And I don't mean frustrated like, like I, they're mad at me, but I think naturally people look to me in my role and they say, where are we going and when are we getting there? Sure. And that's fair. That's okay. And, but sometimes I have to tell them, I don't know yet. Like I'll know when, when I know, mm-hmm. you know, now again, that's not an excuse to make bad leadership decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but especially over the last couple of years, you know, like with COVID and coming out of that and everything, we didn't know. Mm-mm. I mean, there were times we didn't even know who was a part of our church and who wasn't and, and were we going to be okay? And you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think that blew up a lot of people's perceptions. I honestly blew up a lot of people's sense of safety Yeah, in their own life. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good thing, uh, to a degree, obviously I'm not saying I want chaos in the world, but it's good to remember we make plans, but the Lord determines our steps, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm, I have, I've really tried to live that way in my life, which is, and I joke about, it, and even said it on Sunday and Thursday about, you know, when Lindsay and I got married, you know, I was like, Hey, if you're not willing to live in a hut in Africa, don't marry me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know where I'm going. I just know wherever he's going, I'm going. Um, So Lindsay and I have always lived our life that way. I can't tell you where I'm going. I can just tell you who I'm going with, you know. Um, And I think that's a powerful principle for us to learn how to live that way. Again, it doesn't mean we don't make plans. It doesn't mean we're not strategic, you know, even in my own life. You know what I mean? Like, I save, I give, you know, we have retirement. I have kids college. I do those things. I do. Mm-hmm. I live my life with as much wisdom as possible. Um, and in the church, same way, like we, we try to manage the church well, financially, relationally, we try to make sure, but where we're going mm-hmm. as a church, what this next 20 years look, I don't know. Yeah. But that keeps us dependent upon the spirit. That's right. That's right. No, and I've seen you make decisions um, based on the Holy Spirit moving uh, or saying, wait, be still. And and I think that's healthy for our church. Mm -hmm. And and you've shared, you know, a little bit about that on uh, in some of the messages over the last couple of years. But when when we see and I want I just want to encourage you, it's encouraging to us when we see the person leading our church and as a steward of the church wildly encouraging to see the person leading our church, listening to the Holy spirit. Absolutely. And and I think that's the power. Again, if we really realized, and obviously we'll never fully see, understand God until we see him, even then we won't understand him fully, but we'll know more as the, as Paul says, we see through a glass dimly. Now then mm-hmm. we'll see with unveiled face. Um, so I can, I can follow God like I don't know everything and 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 but the good thing is I don't have to know. I remember telling our staff one time and it freaked out one of our staff members 
in a bad, not, not in a bad way. Cause we talked about it, but I made a comment one time. I was like, you know, anything that we do, I'm about 51% sure that's the right thing to do. <laughs> I mean, unless it's a moral question, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And when she heard me say that, she was like, Oh, I just thought you were a lot more confident in what we were doing. I said, well, don't misunderstand what I'm not saying. I'm a hundred percent confident in God. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I'm a hundred percent confident in his word and whatever his word says we're doing. But the longer we follow God, you know, when we first start following Jesus, you're talking about like 16 years ago, it was like, well, do I do drugs or do I not? Yeah, that was an easy one. That was an easy one because there's a moral dimension to that between good and bad, Mm -hmm. wrong and right. But the longer you follow God, it's not between right and wrong as much as it is between better and best. Mm. Um, And sometimes where the spirit moves you, where the cloud moves you on the surface will look worse. It won't make sense because God will say like to a Gideon, Hey, reduce your army. Hey, do this. That makes no sense. Paul talks about this in Corinthians when he's like, basically what he says is if we fall in Jesus, we're out of our minds. Yeah. We're foolish, you know? So I want to be foolish in a sense of like, I'm just foolish enough to go where God goes, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a fool though and make bad decisions. You yes. know what I'm saying? That's not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Cause the biblical fool is, is, is not a good thing to be, <laughs> No, you know, repeating the same mistakes, making bad decisions, that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But I think there is an element to our faith that feels foolish because I just have to rely on the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and I just don't know. I don't know where all the time. I don't know when again. And we try to make plans and, and staff have asked me, Hey, how many campuses are we going to plant? When are we going to plant? I don't know. You know, I just want to build, I want to be a part of a church that's building a culture of multiplication mm-hmm. where we are multiplying disciples and mm-hmm. artists, artists and leaders and groups and teams and campuses and churches. So that when God says, go to Scotland. When God says, go to Africa, when God says, go to Woodstock or wherever, we're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're ready. And the church knows it. So, so when there's multiplication happening, when there's a missionary move, yeah. as you said, the church is like, oh yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. We, we are a multiplication church. It's not a surprise that 300 people are standing up, being commissioned and sent. Yeah. And, and it's funny, Chad and I talked about the weekend that you preached that we announced that we were moving the gathering times the next week. Um, well, we didn't announce it that week, but following that week, we announced it. And, or whenever, I can't remember. Maybe it was, the it was that week. Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Um, but Chad and I were having a conversation that Sunday. I said, Chad, you know, this is normal for us. Mm-hmm. Like, it hasn't been normal for us post-COVID. I said, but this has been normal. I mean, well, to some degree, yeah, because yeah. even post-COVID, we started Thursday night. Right. You know, it's normal for us to move times. We mm-hmm. we have done that in, in our 20-year history and definitely my 14-year mm-hmm. history. I mean, I can't tell you how many reiterations of gathering times we've done. Mm-hmm. We've moved them all around and started them and taken them away and all that kind of stuff. I said, Chad, this is normal for us. Mm-hmm. And he made a good point. He was like, you know, that's a good thing we need to remind our church of. Because there's so many people in our church that are new, they don't know that's what's normal for us. Right. Like moving a gathering time from 11.15 to 11.30 or asking people to move to Thursday or asking people who live in Canton to move to Jasper, that's what we do. 
That's who we are. Mm -hmm. That's revolution. And, and to your point, that's who follows God. That's Genesis. Mm -hmm. Move. Yes. I'm moving. Move. Um, and so from that perspective, I think that's the thing that God has been speaking. Obviously, you, mm -hmm. me, I think a lot of people is I am with you. So abide in me and move when I move. Mm -hmm. um, so so many people have moved from Saturday at 930. I'm sorry, Saturday at 930. Sunday. We don't have a Saturday. I watch cartoons. We've Sunday. never done that. We've never done a Saturday at 930. We used to have Saturday nights. but uh, the, the people who have made that missionary move from Sunday, whether it's 930 or 1115 to Thursday, uh, I know that there's a reluctance to do that because there's this tradition. There's this, this is what we do. Totally. We, we go to church on Sunday and then we go to brunch. We go to church on Sunday and then we cut the grass, we, yeah. whatever that is. So it is, it is different, but it is a sacrifice and it is a move. Totally. And when we get ready for you, I had a meeting this morning, believe it or not, I had a meeting about Easter this morning Yeah. and we're figuring out what are we going to do with all the people that are going to be here for Easter? Yeah. And we're trying to figure out, okay, here are our times. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going to have overflow. We're going to be asking people to go to Saturday. Going to Saturday, moving to a Saturday gathering for Easter is different. Totally. Especially if you have family in town. This, yeah. this is going to be weird. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're making that missionary move to make that sacrifice for someone else to sit in your sacrifice. Totally. We actually talked about this in our small group on Monday because there was one of our guys who's actually been in the church longer than me. One of our board members, actually, he was talking about, he was like, man, coming on Thursday is, is weird. He said, not because Thursday, he said, but when I wake up Sunday morning and I don't go to church, yeah, he's like, it feels wrong. Like it feels, he <laughs> yeah. goes, I've been doing that for 50 years. It feels wrong. <laughs> we get that. And then it was funny. Somebody else in the group was like, well, you could serve on Sundays. Hello. And Hello. They, they actually attend on Thursdays, mm -hmm. just attend, and then they serve one gathering on Sunday. And so they were like telling him like, well, you could come Thursday night, but Sunday morning, just serve, yeah. serve at it again. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. And, and it was funny. They just hadn't thought about it from that perspective. But I, I say that to say, I recognize, yeah, if you attend on Thursday and then you don't attend on Sunday, it feels like you're breaking a rule, mm -hmm. you know, um, again, talking about those rules. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's what we have to wrestle with. Yes. Like, you think, does God care if I attend on Thursday and not on Sunday? No. As long as I'm gathering with the people of God and mm -hmm. I'm part, part of the community mm -hmm. and I am making a move, I'm serving, you know, I'm considering others better than myself and I'm not putting my preference over others. I'm making room for others to come. Well, then God is in all that, mm. you know? Clearly, that's how Jesus lived his life. Clearly, that's how the first disciples learned to live their life. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good for us to remember all of that. And God, and, and those are the things that I think that, the like you said, the more time you spend time with God, your conversations change. Well, then also your actions will change. Yes, yes. Know? So if you've been spending time with God in Abide, and you referenced this in the sermon on Sunday, do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 10. There is a a long history of starting strong, just like at the gym. Totally. And there's no doubt we've started strong yeah. in Jasper, in Canton. Yeah. And, and if you have been spending time with God, 
I, I, I just want to encourage you. Your life happens here at church. Mm-hmm. And when you get connected, if if you're not on a team, if you're not in a group, if you're not here, you're not going to be connected. But no. But and, it, and there was go ahead. But if you want your thought, but if you want that deep connection, do not neglect gathering as is the habit of some. Totally. And I think that's a great way to say that and maybe even kind of to wrap this up. But I get we're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, I got young kids. Uh, kids play sports and life and <clears throat> I get it. Like even Monday night, you know, cause I was at the cardiologist Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. Lindsay and I had small group that night. We're like, I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been at work, I've been at the doctor, you know, but you have to, you have to make sure I'm neglecting the right things. Yes. Um. Oh, this is a good, I need to neglect the right things, but I don't need to neglect the things that are right. Um, and I think the, what so many people in our culture today do, cause they're, and I get it. They work sometimes working multiple jobs. They have kids. Those kids have sports and none of those things are bad, but none of those things should lead you to live a life of neglecting the right things. Mm. Because let's be honest. What is the lesson you're teaching your kids? Yeah. That it's okay to neglect the gathering of the church because of sports. Mm. It's okay to neglect them because which one of those is going to be more fruitful in their life? Mm-hmm. You know, God and his people mm-hmm. or a sports team. That's right. And again, no shade on people who play my, both of my kids. My son played college football, but he didn't miss church. Yeah. You know, and, and the most, the proudest thing that I can say about my son is he loves Jesus mm-hmm. and he's done with sports, Amen. you know, um, and sports wasn't his savior. So you have to, you're going to neglect something you have to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like in life, right? just like I said, it's a rule, you know, the rule that Lindsay and I have that makes our marriage succeed is we don't date other people, Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I'm neglecting that part of my life prior mm-hmm. to marrying Lindsay. But that's what enables me to have what I really want, which mm-hmm. is a fruitful marriage. And so, yeah, I think it's important, like you said, not just start strong, but make sure coming out of abide, you're not neglecting the things that are right. And and you do neglect the right things. Like you do, you say, and I love how you said it, you're making a commitment that my life will revolve around Jesus. And if my life revolves around Jesus, then my life will revolve around Jesus's bride. Mm-hmm. the church. So I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm saying yes to his church. And we're not just doing this from an attendance standpoint. Cause if there's another church that you like better than revolution, fine. Yeah. yeah. We told that, I told my neighbors that um, we I had an HOA meeting on Saturday, which mm-hmm. also is not great for my blood pressure, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but a young couple there came to our church for the first time on Sunday. And I told them what we say all the time, Hey, we'd love to have you revolution, mm-hmm. but just because we're neighbors, mm-hmm. if you, if revolution isn't for you, you can still be my friend. Like yeah. we can still be neighbors. Yeah, they you were know? they were on our first time guest list, and yes. I and I talked to them on Sunday. You good in, in the afternoon? They said, "Yeah, Pastor Jason is her neighbor, and he invited us." So I was like, "Go, go Pastor Jason." Yeah. <laughs> so, and I told him, "I'm like, I just want you to be in church. Mm-hmm. Like, if if Revolution Church is not it, that's fine. Yeah. Please don't ignore me because you're <laughs> afraid of hurting my feelings, right? Or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're saying. Like, and I think that's why I love Abide. It is a recentering of our life on the priority of abiding in Jesus, gathering with his people. Now, again, sometimes you can't help it. I get it. 
But I, I hope for I would hope for our church coming out of this that you do make that commitment, not neglecting to meet together mm-hmm. with Jesus and his church, mm-hmm. because it's going to produce the life that you want. It's going to produce a fruitful life. Um, and that's why we're starting the young adults gathering that we're starting, because we're trying to implement that principle in their life of gathering together. So we're super excited about that's coming up this Sunday. First Sunday of the month. Yeah. We'll have a gathering. The third Sunday, we'll have a small groups. So we're trying to build that principle into people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is very encouraging and exciting to us to see people coming to church. And it's exciting to figure out how we're going to fit them all yeah. in and more gatherings and more campuses. You know, the Lord has blessed us and we're super, super grateful for that. But again, it's not about revolution church growing and getting bigger. That's not the point. It's about the kingdom of God expanding. Mm-hmm. And I just want our church to prioritize coming out of this abiding in Jesus and in his people. Excellent. Excellent. Great way to wrap up the first podcast since you have returned. And it is great. It's so great to have you back uh, for a transcript of the show. Just write down everything we say, unless you're watching on YouTube where there is a transcript. Who knew? Uh, our producer is Brian Damaro. Our technician is Neon Kian Sadiji. Our, our videographer, uh, the master of the, I don't know, movie, uh, is is Marcos <laughs> Polo. There you go. Uh, our key grip. We didn't discuss that. I'm assuming that's what you wanted me to that's say. That's what I was going for. I'm sure he's never heard that in his uh, life. Never, never. Our key grip is Jakub Pushikovsky. Our head of doctrine and theology is Thea Logan. Our chief evangelist is Salvation. Our backsliding prevention officer is lukewarm. Our director of Swedish witnessing is Bjorn again. Bjorn's my favorite. Our expert on Russian eschatology, Peter Vell. <laughs> Our director of holiness is Mortification. Our staff counselor, uh, been busy lately, less moody. She seems to be busy a lot. Yes. Our giving coordinator, Generosity. Our director of tithing is Tim Percent. Our nativity coordinator, she's from France. Her name is Beth Lecham. Our co-pastors of Plagues, Manny Locust and Lance Boyles. Our Irish eschatology professor, Mark O. The Beast. Beast. Uh, director of communications is Bernie Bush. Our sabbatical director is Trip Long. Our... <laughs> just giggle at that. Uh, our director of marriage studies. Uh, it's a trip. From Romania. Shizma Betterhoff. She's, she's my better off. Uh, missional expert Sam Aria, our re- resident Trinitarian Holly Spirit, our, our strategist for the final batter. Battle. Batter? Batter. You're right. making a lot of food right now. I've heard, it, I've heard it both ways. Pancakes would be great to end yeah. fast. <laughs> Eggs. Armageddon. Armageddon is her name. Uh, our resident sheep tender. He only wrote in December. He only works in December. I don't have my glasses <laughs> on. Uh, Nathaniel Ivity. Uh, nativity. And our resident prayer warrior, here's the new one. I can't believe it took us this long to figure this one out. Resident prayer warrior, kneel down. Kneel <laughs> There you go. Uh, and finally, the best advice ever. Trust God, take it out.